Love yourself. Strive for progress, not perfection. Know your worth, then at tax. Make an income while making an impact. Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Visualize your higher self and start showing up as that. Level up. Hi guys and welcome back to Level Up with Lou. It's your girl Lou Oni and this is the podcast where we help you live your best life, pursue your dreams and love yourself. Welcome back everyone. Um, If you're returning, I hope you guys are doing great and thank you so much for listening and supporting the journey. And if you're new here, welcome to the podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you learn something from it. So in today's episode, I've got an amazing guest on today. Her name is Simone Little. Simone is a business productivity coach and strategist who helps busy female CEOs grow revenue ditch burnout and achieve work-life balance to enjoy the fruits of the entrepreneurial labor. She has over 10 years experience as a business owner and Simone loves using her experience to help her clients make the best use of their time, energy and resources. And in today's episode, Simone is here to talk to us about productivity, how to deal with stress and being overwhelmed when you first start a business and the lessons she's learned along the way being a female entrepreneur. Thank you so much for joining us today on Level Up with Lou, Simone. How are you? I'm good, Lou. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the lovely introduction. That was like the best intro ever. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. I really love your energy. Um, you're so smiley and positive. So I'm really excited for this episode. So before we get started, I like asking people what their journey with personal development has been and what inspired them to do whatever they do. So you are currently a business productivity coach. What has been your journey with personal growth and what inspired you inspired you to become a business productivity coach? I love this question. I always struggle with how far back do I go? <laughs> like, do I go back 10 years or do I kind of start, you know, the past, like, you know, a couple of years? <laughs> um, but, you know, the short of it, I've had a lot of different, I guess, career opportunities in my life. I'm, I'm, I was a legal assistant. I... Stop doing that. That wasn't aligned with me. Um, I own a hair salon. I still own the hair salon, but I don't work behind the chair. I used to be a virtual assistant. I used to be an online business manager. And the common thread that I found through my journey is that I've been constantly teaching women how to increase their joy in life through being more productive by making steps toward things that really count. And so this really hit home for me when uh, about September, August of last year of 2020, I burnt out. And it's probably more like June. I burnt out and I was just like, I am so tired. Um, at that time I was an online business manager and I had like something like 22 clients managing most of them by myself. I had very little help. I had some, but not a lot. Um, and I was tired and I realized that all these techniques and things I was teaching my clients to, to do, I was not implementing these things within my own business and it was causing me to become stressed out. Um, It was causing me to not have the relationship I wanted to have with my family, with my husband, with my children, with my, with my, with my, um, 
my sister and not really being able to give to the, my loved ones the way I wanted to and not to be able to spend time with my God, which is really important to me. So I wasn't able to do these things. So I took six weeks off. Um, I fired all the clients <laughs> and I went wow. internal. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I went internal and I was like, what do I need to do here? What do I need to do to live a fuller, more joyful life? Hmm. Um, it was so funny. I was talking to someone earlier and they asked me what's the first thing I did. So, you know, I cleaned my house. Like, that sounds absolutely crazy. But when you talk about personal growth, a lot of times your environment dictates your mindset. So having a better environment helped me to gain clarity as far as what I wanted in life, what I wanted in business and what the mm. things were that were really going to bring me joy. And after figuring that out, I was in a better place to say, okay, here are the ways that I can do what I love. I really loved the coaching aspect of being an online business manager, which doesn't necessarily come with that role, but I was doing it naturally. And I realized, hey, yeah. people get paid to do that. Um, and so that's what led to me completely transitioning over to be a productivity coach and strategist. I love that because I feel like sometimes the things that we end up doing are things that we've always been doing, but we never actually realized that it was our strength or something that we could actually make a living off. So I'm glad that it's something that you've actually used to then make money and help other people that, you know, might have struggled the way you struggled initially. Um, you're someone who talks a lot about productivity and how it impacted you as a person um what does productivity mean specifically to you and how would you say it transformed your life i love that question because i've been hearing a lot of people saying you are not your productivity your productivity doesn't determine who you are and i'm like what are you even talking <laughs> about um <laughs> So for me, when I think of productivity, it's really about making moves toward the goals in life that count mm. the most. So that is different for each person. But for me, those big rocks in my life um, are things like my family, things like my God, things like um, my, my friends who I love dearly, and also my mission in my business, yeah. right? So my mission, I always say, is to end the plight of the burnt out CEO. Mm. That's what I want to do. That's my goal. So if what I'm doing day to day does not align with those bigger goals that I have in life, I'm not truly being productive. Mm. It does not matter how many things I'm crossing off a to-do list. It doesn't matter um, how much I can get done in an hour. None of those truly make me productive if they are not adding to my actual goals mm. in life. And so for me, that's what productivity is. I think something that people get caught up in is that they don't realize that things that you do for yourself enhances your productivity, getting rest, getting sleep, eating, self-care. These things make it possible for you to make steps towards your goals. Therefore, things like rest, those are things that are very productive because mm -hmm. they give you the energy you need to move forward. Yeah. Definitely. I agree because I'm someone that I never believed or agreed with the mentality that a lot of people have today that you have to kind of be addicted to the hustle and be grinding and pushing yourselves to the limit. I've always felt like it's important to rest and important to look after yourself and important to spend time with the people that you love and actually doing things that you actually enjoy. Um, but why do you feel like it's important to be productive over being busy? Because I know a lot of people, like as you said, will have a lot of things on their to-do list they need to do but in reality it's not helping them achieve the goals that they want to get to 
Yeah. So a lot of times when you hear the word busy, you think someone who's always on the move, they're moving, they're doing something, they're on the grind, like that hustle mentality. You're so busy. You have so much to do. You're tired and you can't really, you can't take a break to breathe. Right. I don't want people to have that feeling. I don't think if you're, especially, especially as an entrepreneur, that means you've built something for yourself. Why live that life unnecessarily? Unnecessarily, you actually have control Mm. over that. Right. Um, So, but being productive means that, hey, you get to move at a pace that you're comfortable with to move towards your goals. If you want to move faster, okay. If you want to move slower and kind of flow, that's fine too. But the thing is that you're constantly, you're in the steps you're taking are intentional. Mm. They're not just because, oh, I have to do this just because, or I have all these things that I have to do, but these things really don't count. They're not going to move the needle on what I'm doing, but I'm going to do them anyway. Those are things that aren't important. And so I think it's easy to get caught up in that, um, even for things as simple as, you know, when you're when you're building your business at the foundation, you know, people will spend a lot of time um, looking, trying to design a logo. OK, how does how is that logo going to get you to your net to whatever your goal is in your business? Yeah. How much time do you really need to spend on that? I'm not saying it's not important. But if you're going to spend a week saying, I'm going to refine my logo, I'm going to figure out how to create it myself, um, is that really going to add to your bigger Mm -hmm. goal? Probably not. You probably need to figure out how to best speak about what you do so other people can understand it and then hire you to do the thing that you want to do or buy your product that's going to solve the problem that they're Mm -hmm. having. That's so true. Um, Because one thing I've noticed, you often talk about micromanaging and how micromanaging will leave people burnt out and broke um and one thing we all know that a lot of people a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is delegating tasks and letting other people you know take control of certain parts of their business that they're better at doing um because obviously people will see their business as their baby their creation and they kind of want to be involved in every single thing um but why do you feel like a lot of entrepreneurs feel this way? And how did you feel initially when delegating tasks to people that, you know, you trusted to help you run your business? So I love, I love that you said, you know, people always feel like their business is their baby. And that's something that I hear quite often, you know, my business is my baby, because it's something that you created, that you grew, that you fostered, you put time, you put energy into it, you put money into it, you put a lot of thought processes behind it, and you just want to nurture it, and you want it to grow. Well, when you think about an actual child, an actual baby, yes, when that baby was first born, they're dependent so much on you, the mom, or the and, and or the dad, yeah. right? But then guess what? They grow up and now they're now they're not relying on their auntie to do things mm. for them. They're now relying on their teacher to teach them. You're relying even more on your doctor to guide them. You're relying on, you know, your village to help you grow that child. And eventually that child grows and they walk out on their own and they're living their own life. And then when you get older in age, that child starts to give back to you yeah. when you need help being taken care of. You know, when you need help uh, going to the grocery store, you need help putting up a light fixture in your house. Now that child is helping you. It gives back. So if we're going to say our business is our baby, let's say my business is a growing baby. So right now, what stage of infancy are they at? Well, you have to understand that your business is going to have to grow mm. up, which means delegation means hiring someone. The thing is, we say, you know, 
I don't think anyone can do it like me. (laughs) They could probably, they might be able to do it better to be honest with you, especially if you hire someone who's an industry expert and whatever that thing is, they might can do it better than what you can do it. Mm -hmm. And just because it's your way, not your way, doesn't make it necessarily the wrong way. Yeah. But what I tell people who are really hesitant to have someone come into their business is a training method that works. It's a little, it's not just, you know, one conversation, it's a little longer, but a five point training system that I like to tell people to do if they're really nervous tends to help. So Mm -hmm. I say, you know, you have someone come into your business, show them how to do the thing, right? Just show it to them. Then talk them through how to do the thing. Then have them do the thing while you talk them through it. And then watch them just do the thing on their own. And then let them do it without you watching it and check it after. Hmm. They pass all five points. They're ready to go off on their own. And that's a good way to kind of train. Yeah, I love that. Because I love that. I love the fact that it's something that you can measure and you can actually, you know, follow rather than something that, you know, is abstract and you have to just take the risk. Because I feel like sometimes when it comes to things like you know productivity and you know working on your goals and being an entrepreneur some of the advice can be quite it's quite difficult to follow um it's quite difficult to um for people who might not be the most experienced or the most knowledgeable it's difficult for them to really understand so I love that it's something simple straightforward and people can apply in their day-to-day lives so how would you say you found um delegating tasks initially I did it wrong initially um I'm not gonna lie or sugarcoat (laughs) I didn't do a really great job at delegating tasks because I wanted someone to come in and just do the thing like it's not that hard can you just do it uh and I didn't value training people in the beginning I mean it's so funny so with my salon I trained my sister-in-law to do hair from the time that she was like 15, she's like 24 now, right? So I trained her and that took that took years of time and I did it slowly. But when I started, when I had an online business, I didn't take that same approach um, to actually do it. I just wanted, I was already tired and burned out. So I was hiring someone on the back end instead of on the yeah. front end, which is not ideal because you don't take time to train them. Um, so it wasn't great at first. I would just Here's what I need you to do. Go ahead and do it. I wouldn't give enough guidelines or details or parameters. Mm. Now, on the other hand, I give, I'll send a voice message. I'll do a Loom video to show them what to do. Um, and then I'll ask them, do you have questions? I'll check back in and I'll assure that person. It's okay if you don't get this completely right the first, second or third time. It's fine. You don't have to, you know, feel bad or feel ashamed. You're learning. So it's Okay. I'd rather you learn and ask the questions so long-term you have it figured out. Entrepreneurs sometimes think very short-term. You want them to get it quick and fast. But think about the long-term effects of them being trained properly. Mm -hmm. That means your turnover rate typically reduces and you won't have to worry about doing that thing in the future. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because even for like my podcast I have I now have a YouTube channel and initially I was like oh I have to learn how to do YouTube I have to learn how to make edit make edit those videos and stuff and one thing I realized is that actually why can't I get someone who's already good at doing this to do it like the amount of time that I would spend to learn how to do YouTube or even edit YouTube videos would not make sense compared to the amount of time I can actually use to record podcasts and actually create more content so I do completely understand I completely um, agree that 
whatever you can do to make your life easier so whatever you can actually delegate out to other people to do do it and like like as you said initially Mm -hmm. they may not get it exactly how you want it but over time and you know just being patient with them they can actually get it to the way or even better better than what you would have wanted it to be and it can help you be more um productive and effective with running your business or you know your hobby or whatever it is you're trying to achieve um let's talk about your clients and the common myths and problems you've noticed they face what is something that or what are some myths that you've about productivity that you've found in your clients Mm, that's a good one okay so I think the thing the common thread when it comes to productivity is planning that your to-do list is planning your to-do list isn't planning um, it's it's a good first step. <laughs> Let me just move my good my planner step. to the side. <laughs> <laughs> this is no shame, no shame only, no shame. <laughs> but it, it's very common that my clients will say, "Well, I wrote out my to do list and I'm doing it." And now what? And I'm like, okay, well, let's take this a step further than just your to-do list. So all of my clients, they come in needing to understand how to plan because people think productivity is just making a to-do list and crossing things off, right? So I teach them that, hey, okay, fine, make your to-do list, which is really more like your brain dump. So go ahead and do that. Dump all the tasks that you have. And then after that, give them a time. How long would these tasks want to take mm. you? Because they end up overwhelming themselves with too many things in a day. They have brought out all their tasks that's going to take them 37 hours and they got eight hours of eight hours in their workday. Well, that's not going to work. <laughs> so we have to really um, understand how long the task is going to take. So I have them write down their task, how long that task is going to take, and then we group them into light categories. If you can keep your mind focused on one train, typically you can get things done a little bit um, faster because you're already in that motion of or that line of thought, mm, right? Yeah. Um, and then you can add up the total number of hours or time that, that those types of tasks are going to take and then schedule it. Give it a time in the day. Just don't put it in a to-do list. If you have an hour worth of content to create, put that hour at whatever time in your day. I'm going to create content from 10 to 11 Thursday. That's what I'm going to do it. And here's the specific content that I'm going to create inside that box. Mm. So, and then I think additionally, people don't plan tasks, they plan goals. You need to plan the task that gets you to the goal and not the goal. So like your goal is to create content for the week. Okay, what content are you creating for the week? What do you have to actually break that goal down into minute tasks so you can actually see how long it's going to take and make sure that you have the bandwidth? It's going to reduce so much overwhelm. And that's one of the first things I teach my clients when they do one on one coaching within the first few weeks on really how to plan and structure their day. Wow. No, that really spoke to me. Um, Yes. I'm not gonna say too much, but yes, I felt I really felt that in my chest. But I will say to um to make myself sound better, I will say I have started bulk recording episodes. Um, and I found that more useful because like I used to like even I'll say even as recently as maybe a couple of months ago, I was feeling quite burnt out with podcasting and I just thought it was just too much because I'm doing this on my own really. So I felt like it was just too much. Yeah. I have too many guests. 
like it's just too much work um and the editing was just far too much work for me so now that I've actually like recorded episodes in advance I don't feel as stressed because I can take a break whenever I want and I know that you know the content is still being created and you know whenever I feel like I'm you know in a better frame of mind I can always come back to it so I do love that you said that you know you should kind of group you know, like activities and like tasks together and actually set a time and, you know, a day of the week to actually fulfill those activities. Um, what what mm-hmm. are some productivity tips that have helped you along your journey to help you c- reclaim your time? Um, there are a couple. <laughs> Stop doing things I don't like. <laughs> Um, that's a, that's a tip that I live by. (laughs) So to the best of my ability, I try not to do things that I really hate to do. Um, like I don't like social media. I don't like creating content. I like making connections and talking to people and engaging, but I don't like creating graphics. I don't like thinking of what to put in captions. So I don't do it anymore. Mm. I don't really like managing my calendar or my emails, so I don't do it anymore. Um, I don't like dealing with clients who need to talk to me every single day. So I don't have those clients anymore. So (laughs) I stopped doing things that I don't like to the best of my ability. And of course, I still have things that I would prefer not to do. Um, So I make a plan. How can I how can I get myself out of doing Mm. this? Do I need to make a little bit more money? Do I need to find an automation through a system? Do I need to train my assistant on how to do it? What do I need to do to not do this? Because I don't like Mm. it. Um, so that's, that's a huge hack. Um, I think when it comes to protecting myself as the CEO and whoever's listening to yourself as the CEO to really protect your energy, you have to do that by the people you allow mm-hmm. around you. And so something I always say is a productivity hack. When people show you who they are, believe them the first Word. time. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times we grow up, a lot of times we hear, you know, give people grace. That's, that's one thing on the personal end to, to do that. Like, you know, my sister or, you know, my husband, my kids. Okay, yes, of course, right? Um, but business-wise, people will show you who they are. And you need to believe them or else you're going to end up frustrated and burned out. Um, and so we try to give people the benefit of the doubt when the evidence is already there and it's already clear. You're someone who believes in defining your work hours and enforcing those boundaries. Um, And I feel like that's something that a lot of people probably struggle with because you're told that, you know, all business is good business. Like, you know, you shouldn't really... I don't know, you shouldn't really say no to people and you should be always available 24-7. But why do you feel like it's important for an entrepreneur to actually have those boundaries around the times they work and interact with people? For sustainability as a human being. Um, I think that, I think you, you said this earlier, you talking about, you know, people are always with the grind, the grind, the grind. Well, think of grind as a ladder. You're grinding to try to get to the top to scale your business of this ladder. Mm-hmm. Well, the grind is not very secure. The la- the higher you go up, the shakier the ladder becomes, and eventually you fall down, mm-hmm. right? How about we build, right? So we have to build like we're actually an architect building a building, creating a strong foundation, yeah. and that building sort of lasts for thousands, for you know, thousands, hundreds of years, and maybe until it's demolished, right? Maybe some of the things inside have to be tweaked, but the foundation is absolutely there. And so when it comes to your boundaries, 
and it comes to like that 24-7 grind, that's why it's important. You want to build a sustainable business and you as a CEO, you need to be sustained as well. Your mental health needs to be sustained. Your energy needs to be sustained. And most likely work is not the most important thing in your life. Most likely there's something else that's more important than what you actually do. That does not define typically who a person is, what they do for work. There has to be other things that are important to you. Mm. If you're not setting, if you're not enforcing boundaries, most of us set them. It's the enforcing part that's hard. If you're not enforcing your boundaries, then those things that bring you joy, you're not going to have time to do them. Mm. That's so true. For you personally, what do you do in your day to day that helps you enforce those boundaries? So in my day to day, well, I don't need to do much because I've done all the work up front. Mm. And so with my clients, when I onboard someone, my boundaries are pretty clear. Um, I stated on the on the on the consultation call what the boundaries are for my work hours. Um, I said it's stated again in the onboarding call. They also sign off on it in the contract and in their welcome guide. It's there too. (laughs) In addition to that, the first few weeks that I'm working with someone, especially if it's on like a retainer uh, type, like my COO clients who are uh, their CEOs and I have COO services for them. The first few weeks, I'm telling them Friday, hey, this was great. Recap from the week. I'll see you Monday. Or hey, this was great. Um, I'm clocking out. I'll see you tomorrow morning. I'll be online at eight o'clock. So I have this continuing dialogue to remind them that I'm not going to be available to them after the set hours. Um, So they are already in the mindset. Oh, someone's not available. So day to day, I don't have a lot of work to do when it comes to boundaries because I've already set Mm -hmm. them. Um, As long as I remember to enforce them or I say, hey, if I need to text you at seven, it has to be important. Hey, I just want to send a quick message. Or if there's a launch going on and my client's doing the launch at night, hey, how'd the launch go? And they're like, oh, you checked on me after your work hours? <laughs> yes, because this was important to you. Therefore, it's important yeah. to me. Not a habit. But when you have something important going on, I still want to be there for mm. you. So I just kind of make sure it's there up front so I don't have to do too much day to day. That makes a lot of sense. So you all know they're going through a pandemic. I know you probably heard the word pandemic more than you've ever heard in your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think quite a few people are feeling quite unmotivated and they don't feel as productive as they normally are but do you have any tips for people to stay motivated despite going through an unproductive or um I don't know if unmotivating is a word but unmotivating I'll make it a word unmotivating phase of life (laughs) (laughs) I get it um Yeah. So I think, you know, I I struggle with this from time to time. Even my household struggles with this from time to time, trying to feel re-energized when, you know, for us, we have a, we have a high risk kid. We're not really going to be going to many places. Um, So we really have, you know, we hunker down pretty well in the house. So (laughs) one thing that I did was I tried to recall the things that brought me the most joy and how I can replicate those things in a different environment. These are not things that are work related at all, because if I'm not feeling enthusiastic about life, I'm not enthusiastic about work. So if I can get enthusiastic about life, work tends to follow, follow mm, suit. Yeah. Right. Um, so for me, the things that bring me joy is um, I love dancing. <laughs> so turning on music in the house regularly dancing around with my kids. Although I can't go to like my parties that I used to go to and those things to dance. I can still play, you know, I don't have to worry about the DJ not playing my type of music, 
because I could play all my type of music at exactly. home, right? Yeah. So I tried to take those frequent dance breaks. Um, and so for someone else, if they're trying to become more productive and re-energize themselves, think about those things outside that they used to do. Right now, here here where I live, it's getting warmer outside. So I can go outside and play like a distance sport, like tennis. I like to play tennis. Um, so if you think about those things that you enjoy, think about other ways you can fulfill those things in a virtual setting. Mm. Whether it's, you know, getting together with your girls. I know we're probably all Zoomed out. <laughs> um, but there's ways that you can make it fun. There are a lot of different virtual events. There's um, candle making events. I know me and my girlfriends, we did, um, had a bartender come and we made like drinks. So that was kind of cool. We did Zoom Chopped a couple weeks ago (laughs) with a couple (laughs) of friends. Um, So finding ways to energize yourself in your personal life, that will spill over into the business. Mm. That's so true. Um, Let's talk a bit more about personal growth because this is a personal growth podcast. Um, One thing I always like to ask people, because I know like it's easy to talk about the positives and, you know, the things that you've accomplished and what you currently do. Um, But sometimes the best way to know someone and learn someone, learn about someone is to understand their journey. Um, What would you say Mm. is the biggest struggle you've had with personal growth? And what have you learned from it? The biggest struggle, I think, would be um, understanding that the people, the way I interact with people around me is not necessarily a reflection of me and how people interact toward me isn't a reflection of how they feel mm. toward me. Um, and so that's a big deal because I am a person who gives a lot in relationships um, I give a lot in friendships. I give a lot in business relationships, any type of relationships. I'm a giver. So I'm going to give what I can. Um, and sometimes when I, when I feel like it's not being reflected back, it makes me feel some type of way. Mm. Right. And I say feel like, because it could be, I'm just not as uh, aware of it. So I'm learning that, you know, or I've learned that just because maybe this friendship has, not been like it was in the past doesn't make it any less valuable Hmm. just because this person it didn't invite me maybe to this event or to this to this thing doesn't mean that they don't like me it just means that I didn't get invited and I have to learn how to be okay with that and so that uh, that event does not give the accumulation of that relationship to look beyond and to look to look past that personally. So that's somewhere that I think I've done a lot better with in the past few years, learning how to say, it's okay that I wasn't invited or it's okay that, you know, this person, you know, I haven't talked to them or they're not giving me the same energy that I felt like we used to have. People go through different things. Even if I think I know everything about that person, I probably still don't. So, you know, just trying to get out of myself of being a giver and wanting people to give back instead of appreciating what people are giving mm. and learning how to how to work with that and how how it doesn't it should not change my perspective of the relationship mm. well no that must be tough because I'm someone who I love to match people's energy so let's be honest the energy you give me is the energy you'll receive back so for me dealing with something like that I would yeah I wouldn't be the most 
um, responsive and, you know, the most excited to be in their presence. But like, as you said, you shouldn't always expect people to kind of match your energy and, you know, give or do things for you in the same way you would do for them. Sometimes you actually just need to do it out of the kindness of your heart or do it because you want to, not because you're expecting Mm -hmm. something in return. Um, And even like I'll say, even during this difficult time, I'm someone who like I check up on people and I've been going through like a tough time I'll say this past year or so and the people some people that I felt like could have checked up on me or could have done more for me during this time didn't and I had to just sit back and realize that you know we're all going through a pandemic a lot of people are going through struggles they don't really talk about and sometimes you have to think you have to think outwardly and think about other people and think about what is it that you can do to help somebody else rather than thinking about what can somebody else do to help you? So I can completely relate with what you said. And I just kind of, now I kind of, I'm starting to kind of see things more of like, I'll, I'll do things because I want to do them, not because I'm expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm. And if, if you, I'll check up on you, but if you don't check up on me all the time, that's completely fine, but I'll do it because I want to do it. So thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. Um, you believe in prioritizing self-care while still maintaining your productivity. And I know that for someone who has a business or has a family or has different things they're working on, it can be really difficult to carry on doing that. But how do you prioritize your self-care? Yeah, so I often say that self-care is not, does not have to be some grandiose event. So it doesn't have to be a five-hour bubble bath with wine. And a bik- yes, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Um, but that's not the only way to practice self-care. Yeah. Self-care is about finding small pockets of time throughout your day to do things that make you feel alive and that re-energize mm. you. Um, so for me, uh, reading a book isn't necessarily going to be self-care. But listening to my favorite song is drinking my favorite drink from Starbucks is definitely a part of my almost daily self-care routine. Um, (laughs) So um, I think that when you are able, no matter if you're a business owner, you're a mom, you're a student, whatever you're doing, being able to find those small pockets of time throughout your day to do things that rejuvenate you is self-care. Taking a power nap is self-care. We can't think of it as some large event. It can be, but if it, if it's going to be sustainable, finding those 20 minutes out of your day um, to get time for yourself is very productive because it gives you the energy to move towards your other goals in life. Hmm. That's so true. I completely agree with what you said. Um, and then one thing I've noticed that you talk about as well is the importance of having like a wind down routine before bed. So like not just going to bed immediately, but having some sort of like, thing that you do before you sleep so that you can kind of you know wind down relax and really get in the right frame for sleeping um but how would you recommend people to do that in their day-to-day lives yeah so I think it's important because it it signals to your brain that the next step is sleep (laughs) you can usually sleep sleep a little more soundly Um, and so it looks really different for each person. Some people shower and they do maybe a face mask or a 15 minute hydration type of situation, or they read a, some, some, one of my clients, she said she reads a book until she falls asleep. <laughs> um, so it's different for each person. Yeah. Um, so I think, think about the things that relax you the most, mm. right? 
So for me, it's definitely a shower is very relaxing. A shower is the last thing I do, kind of wash the day off of me. Um, and so I can start new the next day. Um, I may have had it to have conversation with my husband. Typically, it's nothing serious, though. It's something funny. So we share like a lot of laughs at night and, you know, tell, you know, jokes or whatever the case may be. And that helps to wind me down. My bed's always made before I get in it. So that's part of my wind down routine. Um, so just things that are going to put me in a relaxed state that I feel at ease. So <laughs> the next day, I am ready to go. I'm ready to take on whatever the word offers. So it's different for each person. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to know more about Simone, you can follow her on Instagram at the Simone Little. Her website is also www.thesimonelittle.com. And thank you so much, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I will catch you guys on the next episode of Level Up with Lou. Until then, take care, everyone. Bye.